Welcome to a new edition of the Peach Pit. Today is November 30th. My name is Jason Longshore. I'm the managing editor at Dirty South Soccer. And we're going to talk today about the MLS player acquisition methods. It's probably the question that, that we get asked the most at Dirty South. You know, how does free agency work? How does the waiver draft work? What about reentry draft? And it's really complicated. It's, um, this is why some teams, you know, are afraid of hiring foreign management and foreign leadership in their front office because this process is so different and so confusing and it's critical to get it right. Um, you look at somebody like Bruce Arena who's had a ton of success in this league. One of the main reasons is he knows the system and he knows how to get players that will fit and he knows how to get them from other teams and in the offseason. And some of the little signings that he makes are some of the biggest ones that, that help that team um, or helped that team now that he is back with the national team. That's a whole other topic we can get into another time if we want. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through kind of the next really month of what things look like for Atlanta United and and who might fit into some of these categories because – that's where things start to get interesting when we're talking about expansion draft and, and other things happening. It's it's not you know, it's not like you're only going to have one shot at getting some of these players that will be available. You're going to have multiple opportunities, and it's going to be Atlanta Atlanta's front office deciding do they want to go ahead and take a guy in the expansion draft and not risk losing them when you might be able to sign them as a free agent or you might be able to sign them or draft them in the waiver draft or reentry draft, but you're going to have to hope that they're still there when you pick. It's a little complicated. I'm going to try to break it down as best I can. As always, if you have any questions, uh, my Twitter handle is at Longshoe. Don't hesitate to reach out um, and ask for any clarification. I'm still trying to get some clarification on some of it, so if I misspeak, definitely don't be afraid to correct me either. Uh, with that, let's let's jump into it. So the first thing Atlanta United will have is the expansion draft on December 13th, and I think we, we pretty much know what that's going to look like. Each existing team can protect 11 players, and there's some rules and regulations on who has to be protected, who's exempt. Um, so on and so forth. But we know the gist of what the expansion draft looks like. Atlanta will have five picks and they'll have the first pick. So you'll get five players out of that to add to your roster. Immediately after that, I think it's at five o'clock the day of the expansion draft, the MLS free agency window opens. And this will be the second year that we've had a limited free agency system in MLS. The way you qualify for this is pretty clear. You have to be at least 28 years old, be out of contract, have your option or have your option year declined, and have a minimum of eight years of service in the league. Um, players are free to negotiate with any other team in the league. There's a cap on how much of a raise they can get over their previous contract. And Clubs are limited to signing a maximum of two free agents in a given year. Last year was the first year. You had 27 players eligible, and the way it broke down was 10 players moved to new clubs. Six re-signed with their previous club, 
Uh, two retired, one moved to the NASL. So you've had a couple success stories there. Drew Moore is probably the biggest one, who has been kind of anchoring Toronto's back line this season and has them in the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. Uh, Corey Ash has been a depth player. Chad Barrett was a depth player for San Jose. Jeff Lorenowitz was a contributor for the for the Galaxy, along with Mike McGee, and those are two players that that the Galaxy brought in this year. Uh, Ned Grabavoy played a good bit for Portland this year. Uh, Michael Harrington, same thing in Chicago. So what this looked like last year, and looking at it again, and when you look at the requirements, this is pretty much what you're going to get. You're going to get veteran players who know the league. Um, last year it was typically used for depth. I think in this case with Atlanta, there could be a couple of potential starters in this mix. And it's very preliminary, and you know this is kind of going through the rosters and guessing at who will be eligible. Things can change between now and then, so don't don't take this for the gospel. But I've identified some people that could be available in free agency that Atlanta United would would do well to consider. And the first one to me is Will Johnson, defensive midfielder from Toronto. Uh, he has said he's not going to resign there. Um, I guess he's expecting that his I don't I think he's out of contract at the end of the year. There's not an option year on it. Uh, Johnson has been a contributor around the league at RSL, at Portland, and again at Toronto. Hasn't played as much this year at Toronto as he would have liked. He's had some injuries, but he came on in the first leg of the Eastern Conference final and made a big difference for the Reds. And it wouldn't shock me if he starts tonight. I think he could be a good fit and be a good partner for Chris McCann in the central midfield. And if, if Tata Martino plays a 4-2-3-1 or, or some formation that has a three-man central midfield, Johnson could be a good fit there. I think he still has a good bit to give. If you're looking for an outside back, you've got a couple options. Uh, Chance Myers from Kansas City, solid veteran, played a good bit in the league. And Demarcus Beasley um, will be a free agent this year. This is his eighth year of service in the league. Um, as long as there's not some caveat in that eight years of service that it has to be consecutive, Beasley would qualify. Beasley still has something to give. He actually had a better year in Houston this year than I would have expected. Uh, another one of his teammates, David Horst, center back, uh, could be under consideration. A couple others that jumped out to me, Jacob Peterson, uh, winger from Kansas City. Paulo Nagamura is another defensive midfielder, uh, also from Kansas City. And Javier Morales, the central midfielder and legend at Real Salt Lake, will be available during free agency. Um, unclear on what Morales' plans are. There's been some talk about him going back to Argentina. Not sure if that's definite. Not sure if he would listen to offers in the league, but could be a possibility. So keep that in mind. So that's the free agency process, and that will open up after the expansion draft. I believe it's 5 o'clock on that day. Um, teams can start to negotiate and sign players, so things will start to happen quickly. The waiver draft uh, will take place next, and players who qualify for the waiver draft are Players who've been, who are under contract but have been waived, and we haven't seen too much of that yet. We probably will ahead of that draft. Um, also, players who do not qualify for free agency or the reentry draft. Um, let's go ahead and jump to the reentry draft so you know what these qualifications are. Reentry draft are players who, there's two, cat, two, uh, two classifications here. 
Players who were at least 23 years old with at least three years of MLS service whose option years were not exercised by their current club. Those players in the reentry draft are available their option salary. Um, also, players who were at least 25 years old with at least four years of MLS service who are out of contract have to be signed for at least their 2015 salary. Um, so players who don't qualify for that, and this is generally either going to be younger professionals who are let go or players who haven't been in the league very long who are out of contract or their option is not picked up, they go into the waiver draft. And we'll get a list the day ahead of time as to who's eligible because teams can still re-sign players up to a certain point. So there's, there's going to be a lot of moving parts here. But a couple guys to keep in mind in the waiver draft. One uh, played a fair bit for Orlando and Seb Hines, center back. This, is, this was only his second year in the league, so he would go through the waiver process if uh, he isn't re-signed. Jordan McCrary, who's a local product outside back from New England, um, didn't get much of a shot there. He could be somebody to consider. Cedric Mabwadi from Columbus uh, can play left back, left wing. He could qualify here. And Boyd Okwanu from Real Salt Lake is a player who was big in the U.S. youth national teams and hasn't really hit there at RSL. Um, I'd be intrigued to at least see what he might be able to bring to the table. So reentry draft, we talked about how that looks, and there's another. There's two stages to the reentry draft, which makes it even more complicated. <laughs> reentry draft, um, you have stage one, which is uh, the players under the qualifications that we just talked about. Stage two are players who weren't picked in stage one but in, qualify for reentry, and teams can pick these players and negotiate a new salary. So if you have a player who you don't like their option salary for next year, or you don't like what their salary was this year, and you want to re-sign them to a new deal, you can essentially draft their rights. Um, in 2015, you saw Dallas actually trade general allocation money to Chicago to get the top pick, and they took Maxi Aruti, who was a big part of their success this year. Um, Kansas City drafted Alec Kahn in stage one as well. Uh, and he's, he played a fair bit for Kansas City and he will be available this year in the reentry draft as his option was not picked up. Um, you saw some other contributors picked in stage two and Kevin Austin from Orlando who will be available again and Jermaine Taylor from Portland. Um, I, with the reentry draft, I always remind people of how DC United used it in going into the 2013 season or going into the 2014 season, they came off of an awful year in 2013 and they added Sean Franklin, Bobby Boswell and Fabian Espindola in the reentry draft that sparked them going from a three win team in 2013 to the top team in the Eastern conference in 2014. You added three key veteran players in the reentry draft. So don't discount what you could get out of the reentry draft. And there's quite a few names available this time as well. Some of these guys might not be back in MLS. A guy like Jermaine Jones, he's talked about being in Mexico or going back to Europe. Robbie Keane has talked about playing pretty much everywhere but MLS at this point, even though there have been some rumors about an offer on the table. Uh, those two guys are reentry draft eligible. Now, players can opt out of the reentry draft as well, and that's that's a whole other process. Um, and I don't know as much about that as to if they opt out, then what. Um, I'll see what I can find out and keep you posted there. If anybody knows, please let me know. 
Um, other guys to keep in mind in re-entry, you've got Michael Parkhurst, uh, center back from Columbus. Zach Lloyd, center back from Dallas, who had some injury problems this year. Uh, Christian Maidana from Houston, a number 10, who I think personally could be a great fit for Atlanta. You would have to protect him with two defensive midfielders because he is not a defensively minded player in any form or fashion. But he's a great uh, playmaker, and you don't see many of those at this point. So he's going to create chances for your attack. If you protect him, he can be very effective. Uh, Colin Warner, defensive midfielder from Houston, is another to keep in mind. Ronald Zubar, who I believe is still negotiating with the Red Bulls, he would be re-entry draft eligible. Charlie Davies uh, from Philadelphia. I uh, mentioned Alec Kahn. Kevin Ellis is a center back from Kansas City that if he falls into the re-entry draft, I would highly consider him. Um, and two guys who were announced today, Olmus Garcia, a winger from Real Salt Lake, and Aaron Mond, a center back from Real Salt Lake. Both of those would be players that I think could fit here and be a good, you know, a good contributor either as a starter or as a uh, option off the bench. So that's what December will look like. And this is all going to happen the week after MLS Cup. It's going to be a hectic week. So stay tuned to Dirty South Soccer and everything we'll have going on. We're going to provide as much coverage of the trade window, which will take place on the morning of Sunday, December 11th, after MLS Cup. Three-hour trade window, and you're going to see things happen there. There's already been the, I don't know if you could say confirmed, but essentially confirmed that Kevin Kratz, who was with Philadelphia this year, will end up in Atlanta during that trade window. Uh, There's also talk of other deals around the league. I've said uh, all along that I wouldn't be shocked to see Zach McMath and possibly Sean Johnson move in that trade window along with some other players as teams prep for the expansion draft protected lists, which become final the next day, Monday the 12th. Then you'll see the expansion draft on the 13th. You'll see free agency open. Uh, The next day you'll get the waiver list of players eligible for the waiver draft. You'll have that draft. Then at the end of that week, you'll have the first stage of the reentry draft. So it's going to be chaos. You're going to see, you know, potentially five players in the expansion draft, plus if you sign any free agents, plus waiver draft, plus re-entry draft, you could see 10 players end up with Atlanta United at least at the end of that week. So stay tuned. If you have any questions about how this process works, um, I I know it fairly well. I can't say I'm Paul McDonough or another MLS uh, front office person, but I feel like I have a fairly decent grasp of it. MLS has been known to make things up as they go, so uh, stay tuned for any possible changes to these things as we get into that week. But that's how it looks as of today. Um, the other big thing in terms of the MLS world tonight is the second leg of the Eastern Conference Final, Montreal traveling to Toronto with a 3-2 lead on aggregate. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun game because the Toronto crowd will be into this. Toronto will be chasing it, so it should be an entertaining game to watch if you're neutral. Personally, I just don't trust Toronto to get this done. Um, they've been so up and down this year and when they look great, they look absolutely great. Their attack is great. When the attack is not clicking, they struggle. And I think Montreal is a team that can frustrate Toronto. I think they're very good defensively. They like to hit on the counter. 
They're going to keep that's going to keep Toronto from completely opening up. I think Montreal steals a goal here and gets a 1-1 draw and goes through to the final on aggregate. And that would mean that Montreal would travel to Seattle for the final. If Toronto wins, they would host Seattle in the final. Uh, I'd love to hear your predictions. Tweet them at me, at Longshoe. And I will be back later this week to either talk about the upcoming MLS Cup, to talk about the... NASL, USL, lower division drama that's going on. Um, there's lots of stuff. So if you have anything that you would like to hear me dig into and, and ramble on about, please let me know. Um, thanks for listening and see you guys next time.